0: To NCBI Labs. So it's good to be back with our 38th NCBI Labs live event. And on today's show, we have a regular team of Don, John Doran, Jay, Orkin and myself, Jude Mark, here to talk about the technology that can make a difference to you. One of the pieces of technology we've spoken about in the past, of course, is the Sting AI app. And it's definitely one of those apps that's got a lot of fans, rightly so, considering how powerful it is and how versatile that app is. But one of the drawbacks with seeing AI is that it is only available for Apple devices, which is quite, obviously, for those of uh, Android persuasion. So, what alternatives are there? Well, in just a moment, Landel is going to be talking us through the features of Google account. And we'll see just that's up in future. I'll look forward to that in just a few moments. Of course, for questions on Google, okay, you can get in touch with us throughout the show on last at ncbi.ie using the question panel and uh, connecting through Microsoft Teams. A bit later on, though, we're going to be continuing our series of Meet the Team interviews as well. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about NCBI's because seeing communications and we'll find out a bit about our involved in her role as of course we'll you. have our quick tips and- Sorry Jude, your audio is
1: unfortunately very um, crackling there, so um, maybe uh, if, if you want to try and maybe rejoin there, we'll get you back on a good line, but I'll continue up reading here what's coming out uh, on today's edition while you uh, rejoin there Jude. Um, Perfect. Obviously myself uh, will be looking at the Google Lookout app and soon after that then um, we'll be having our next installment of meet the NCBI team and June Tinsley will be along to um, talk to us. Talk to Jude, should I say on that one. Uh, so we'll just check back in with Jude here at the more in, in a moment now just to see is he back online. Unfortunately, um, say it's his Internet connection is a wee bit weak. So Jude, you're back.
0: Yeah. let's hope that that's a little bit better. How does that sound?
1: Sounds a lot better Jude. Great to have <laughs> you back in full, full steam.
0: <laughs> Changed network as well while I was at it. So hopefully, hopefully that will keep us going for the, for the show. Very good. So you you've gone through what the, the show entails anyway. We're talking to June Tinsley a little bit later on as well in in the show, so we look forward to that as well. And of course, any questions or comments you can uh, use labs at NCBI.ie at any point through the show or afterwards if you, if you want any, uh, if you want to give any feedback afterwards as well, or you can use the question panel on the right hand side if you're connecting through Microsoft Teams. Very good. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to keep going without any further technical hitches, but uh, we're, we're going to get Daniel back on actually to join us uh, talking about Google Lookout. How are you getting on Daniel?
1: Uh, very good, uh, Jude. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, the, the Google Lookout. Um, I've put together a little, a little piece there today, which um, Sean will queue up now shortly. And um, just going through the app, uh, I've, I've put in, you know, how to find it on the Google Play Store, how to download it, uh, yeah. how to install it, and to use the uh, the various um, functions of it. But um. So So do you want to give us just a bit
0: of an idea? Yeah, of just just what it is, what what it's for just before we play the video.
1: Yeah, so basically what the app does is is quite similar in what the seeing AI does for the uh, iPhone user. Like it takes advantages of the camera. uh, You know to scan, uh, you know to scan pages, banknotes, objects and describe them back as best as possible. To the user, so there's five kind of main modes not too dissimilar to uh seeing it they have a, f- a few more um so you have the food labels mode where it'll uh, quickly identify packaged food um by it, it doesn't have to look for the barcode, but if it does find the barcode it will um, It'll definitely. It will definitely give a better readout of what the product is, but it can identify it from the packaging. It can read a whole page of text with the documents mode, so quite similar to your documents mode on the seeing AI. It'll alert you whether you should move left, move right up, down or closer or further out. Take snapshot of that document and, and look out will bring back that text onto the screen. Now unfortunately uh what it when it brings it back onto screen you can't manipulate that text like make it bigger like you can do on the seeing ai or instruct it to play it back read it aloud for you but i'm sure that's a feature google will probably bring in on a new release because it's been around since i suppose early 2019 and uh, this is the second iteration i suppose of the app and they really have made good improvements on this one Again, uh, just like short text on the um on the seeing AI you have a you have just a plain text mode on the lookout and it'll quickly skim for the text and that sees it'll read it aloud you have your currency mode and your and your explore your your um your room or explore the scenario you're in and it'll try and describe it back. but I think the best thing to do is maybe shoot straight across over to to um, the video and um, dig a bit deeper into that. Let's
0: do that. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a good old fashioned overview video, so uh, let's go and uh, have a look at that. Thanks Diane.
1: So today we are going to take a look at the Google Lookout app here on the NCBI Labs live event, so I'm going to first of all access the Play Store to install the app.
2: Google search. Google search, voice search, Play Store.
1: And I double tap on that to open it.
2: Place for you, selected for you, heading out of pager, Play Store, showing items one to five of six, double tap to activate, showing items one to three of 14.
1: So I'm going to go for my search bar now. Um, Search
2: for apps and games. We're going to double tap to activate.
1: Type in Google Lookout.
2: Search for apps and games, edit box. G, G, O, 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 V, G, G, L, L, E, E, space, Google. Showing items 1, L, L, showing O, O, Show, oh. Okay. Showing items one to eight of eight.
1: So now I have Lookout by Google in my suggested uh, results. So I'm going to select that.
2: Google Look Lookout by Google. Details for app Lookout by Google. Keyboard hidden. Keyboard hidden. Showing items one to eight of sixteen.
1: And now I'm going to navigate down to the install button.
2: Content rating P. Install button. And I'll double tap to activate.
1: Double tap on that
2: showing items one to six of fifteen look out by google look out by google
1: and depending on the speed of your internet um that should download rather quick and install Samsung
2: galaxy watch disconnected from your phone
1: okay sounds like my galaxy watches just run out of battery there so we got a notification while that was installing but we'll ignore that we'll continue on and it takes a couple of moments to install this app. Uh look out by Google. And a few moments more then just to install the app. And we shall open it then and take a look at the features.
2: Battery power 15% charge your phone or tap here to turn on power saving mode.
1: Okay, so after installing then we can go for the open Pass. button.
2: Suggest open button. And double tap to activate.
1: We'll double tap on that to activate that.
2: Lookout onboarding one of three. Welcome to Lookout.
1: So after installing it, we're brought to the onboarding screen, just three sections on the screen. So uh, we got our welcome to Lookout and we'll listen to what it says next.
2: Before you begin, choose next to learn how your data is used in review tips for getting the most out of Lookout.
1: So just a couple of technical warnings.
2: Next button. Double. Lookout onboarding two of three. Your data.
1: Okay, so this is just a bit of an explanation about your data.
2: Your images are processed and stored on your device. To improve how Lookout works, Google may log usage data and whether any accessibility services are on while you're using Lookout. The Google Terms of Service apply to the use of this app and the Google. Privacy Policy describes how data is handled. I consent to Google collecting data about my usage of Lookout and accessibility services for the purpose of providing an improving Lookout.
0: Okay. Available.
2: Use tap with three fingers to view.
1: Okay, so there's uh, two links in that: the terms of services and the uh, privacy policy by Google. And if you choose to read those, just to be sure that you agree with them, and if you do, you proceed then to the I agree button. So we swipe down to get that, or swipe right to get to that. No,
2: thank you. Button.
1: We swipe Double right again to, to agree. I
2: agree. Button. Double. Lookout onboarding three of three using Lookout.
1: So just a brief explanation of how the Lookout app works. So we'll read that.
2: Lookout uses your device's camera to help read text and recognise objects. Remember that Lookout may misidentify things, so use normal caution and don't rely only on the app for information about what's around you. Choose Get Started to turn on the camera and start hearing about what's nearby. You can try lookouts, different modes for different activities, such as reading documents or identifying food products.
1: Okay, so just a little bit of a help warning. While the app is good, it shouldn't be your sole um, uh, reliance on information of what's about you. So it's just a a, it's a a help and a guide rather than an aid. So we'll swipe right and we go to our get started button.
2: Get started button double. Allow Lookout to take pictures and record video while using the app button. Call recorder
1: not recording. Double tap to activate. So what we have here is the permissions then that the app needs from the Android system to uh, access the camera to take pictures and record video. So it's probably best to choose that permission to while it's using the app. If you choose only this time, you will get this question pop up every time you open the app or if you deny um, the app access to the camera, um, it will not function. So we'll uh, we'll go with using uh, the app and we'll double tap then to agree. Choose an account.
2: Ticked. Duro- A- Cancel. OK. okay so um, double tap to activate.
1: That section then is just confirming the Gmail account. Uh, if you have more than one Gmail account on your phone, um, it asks you which one you want to use with the app so I've just selected the default one here and ticked it and went down to the okay button now and we'll double tap on that.
2: Tips for text mode. Point your camera at any text. If the text isn't read clearly, try rotating the device between landscape and portrait modes or moving the text closer or farther away.
1: Okay so uh, with each section of the app it'll bring up the tips. Uh, This one is the text mode. So it says point your camera at any text and it'll read it um, as it comes into view of the camera. Um, we can swipe right then just to get to a don't show this tip again if you're familiar with that.
2: Not ticked. Don't show this again. Tick. Bu- ticked.
1: And swipe right again down okay. to the OK button.
2: Double tap to activate.
1: And we go OK then to commence our uh, reading text. Point your camera
2: at ticked.
1: OK. OK, and double tap on that. Look out text mode. Change. Now, so we're just going to use the text mode hey. first of all, and we're going to put it over a page of text here and see how the app works.
2: Seven. Page 18. My son had such an amazing experience, loved every second of it. Friends for life and so much more confident playing soccer at home with his club. Parent 2019 camp abilities children aged 10 to 14 years camp abilities is a five-day residential sport and physical activity camp for children with vision impairments at camp children have the opportunity to try new sports activities they might not have had the chance to do in the past chances are children often will not only find something they really enjoy but their self-esteem will increase giving them the confidence to advocate for themselves in their own community Sir, our first camp abilities in Ireland. Campers have taken part in rock climbing, canoe ayaking orienteering, soccer, goalball, judo, swimming, horse riding, and many one-or.
1: So that's just a sample there of the text mode reading from a page of text. Now, what we'll do next is P. we'll switch over to the document mode, and we'll have a look at how that uh, document Oh,
2: Paul, work. Jean Jean. Uh oh nine
1: one five six oops Okay so after doing our text there we're going to next take a look at the M A piece So I want to swipe left here
2: Food labels beta select documents mode four of five documents
1: That should have been right Uh, so I'll swipe right onto the documents and I'm going to ANCG
2: documents tips for documents mode Hold your device in portrait mode, move it slowly and listen for Lookout's real time positioning guidance. You can also use the take snapshot button at any time to read the text and view out of list. Not ticked. Don't show this again. Ticked.
1: I'm just Take that now to stop that tip coming back up.
2: Okay. Button. Okay. Okay. Button. Lookout documents, mode language, button device, right? So move right.
1: I'm hovering over the page now.
2: Hold still. Scanned item details. Close details. Button.
1: So it comes back instantly then with the results on page. So I'm just going to swipe right here to commence uh, reading. them.
2: Share. Bu- delete item. But your surprise plus for insuring with AXA. Dear Daniel, you get more with AXA and this time we're not talking about insurance. Introducing AXA Plus, the loyalty card that gives you savings in leading stores around Ireland. We've teamed up with lots of your favorite shops so you can save on fuel and car accessories, outdoor living, ferry travel and more because we like to reward our valued customers. Delete item, button.
1: Okay, so that's just a a starting part of the letter that I got in the mail this morning from the AXA Insurance Company. They've given me an AXA Plus card um, to use about the country if I could travel further than my 5K. But still, it's a nice... um, thing to get and it just goes to show them the power of the google lookout app and how it can read your letters as they come in the mail so we'll exit from the document mode now and next we'll check out the food
2: labels share close details button to look out documents mode check. Clo- done. Do- turn camera off take food labels beta mode two of five enlist five items Try taking a to snapshot to scan what's in view. Move away. Food labels beta. Tips for food labels mode. Lookout can scan barcodes or recognize the front of a product. Try holding the product in front of your camera and slowly rotating it. Out of list. Not ticked. Don't show this again. Tick box. Don't okay. ticked. Okay. Button. Okay.
1: We're going for the okay button now. So I was just told not to show that tip again.
2: Download data. To use food labels mode, you need to download more data. This can take up to five minutes. This mode and the camera are disabled until the download is complete.
1: Okay. So what it does now is it looks for my region and will download uh, the data for the products that are in my region. So let's go have a look at that.
2: Not now, download.
1: Okay. So we'll go down through the list here. I think we're going to have to go for the UK or Irish product list. Uh, it's set at United States English by default, so we'll scroll down real quick through the list until we find the UK or Ireland one.
2: Country only ticked. Not, 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 collapse. not, 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 not,
1: I'm going to check the UK one. Uh, there's no Irish one on it presently, so we'll go with the British, which a lot of them are here in our Irish market.
2: Panels. 401. Stop. Pause. Back. B- download start. Labels mode. Change country. Button.
1: Okay, so that's set now to the UK one, and I'll just let that download.
2: Pause. B- pause. Yeah. Down off.
1: Okay, so I to correct the box of Cheerios cereal that is in front of me. And this time we're going to try for a barcode.
2: Fisto gravy granules 170 grams.
1: That's absolutely perfect. Um, identified both of those products successfully. Fisto
2: gravy granules 170 grams.
1: And we'll try the barcode.
2: Product not recognized. Try rotating it to other sides. Let's
1: try it a bit closer.
2: Product not recognized. Nestle Cheerios, 800 grams.
1: Ah, so off the barcode. It
2: Bisto us... Gravy Granules, 170 grams.
1: It gave us a better uh,
2: Product not recognized. Try rotating it to other sides. Next, no product in view.
1: Next we're going to try the currency.
2: No product. Text. Mode. Select. Text. No. Nope. Document. Currency. Mode. 5 of 5. So no product in view.
1: We'll try this one.
2: Currency. Tips for currency mode. Aim your camera at one banknote at a time. Lookout only works with some currencies at this time and does not recognize coins. Out of list.
1: It's so a little health warning there that it won't do coins, but it will do some notes. So let's uh, try it out with uh, some of the popular currencies that we have.
2: Not ticked. Don't show this. A ticked. Okay. Button. Okay. So
1: we we'll go for the okay button now.
2: Lookout currency mode. Signed in as Daniel Dunn. Daniel Dunn. It. Turn camera off. Button.
1: Want to grab uh, some notes here? And
2: twenty U.S. dollars.
1: Nope, incorrect. We have twenty euros. So, um, they currently don't have the euros supported, but let's try uh, some American currency. I'm lucky enough to have. Twenty
2: U.S. One. dollars.
1: And it has correctly identified. The us dollar so that is quite good uh just unfortunate i suppose for us at the moment that the euro is not supported but perhaps it's something that google will add in the near future as this app is only quite recent
2: stop button pause
1: next now we're going to try the scene the final uh option that's available in the app so
2: selected collapse selected currency document text Food label, explore beta mode, one of five. So this, explore beta.
1: So this beta mode means that the uh, this portion of the app is still experimental. But we'll try it out and see how good we get this.
2: Explore beta, tips for explore mode. Point your camera around you to hear about what's in your environment, such as people, objects, and text. Moving the device slowly or holding it still for a few seconds can help improve accuracy, though please note that this mode is still in beta and is less accurate than other modes. Out of list. Not ticked. Don't show this again. Tick box. Okay. Don't show this again. Ticked. OK. Button. OK. OK. Button now. Lookout explore mode. Change language. Button. Computer keyboard. Computer keyboard with text. JXCV. Computer keyboard with text to ncbi working for people tcd sosto
1: perfect so that has successfully identified a personal computer that i have there and it actually started to try and read out some of the lettering from the keys but it just goes to show it's um a good app from google in fairness um nearly as good as the seeing ai that is available on the apple platform and i'm sure with a bit of improvement that um With the currency being including the euro in in short time, it will be every bit as good as you're seeing AI alternative. So that's the Google Lookout app. Um, Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again next time.
0: Very good. So thank you very much, Daniel Dunn, for uh, taking us through that video uh, overview of Google Lookout. And maybe just, if you're still with us there, Daniel, just maybe give us a bit of Maybe just even your own impressions of the app overall. How how good is it? How usable is it?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to apologise for some of our views, uh, viewers there. That um, just after I downloaded the um, the product information, my phone for some reason lagged. It put the video a couple of seconds faster than. Or my audio for a bit faster than my picture, so it was kind of you were listening to me a couple of seconds ahead of what was actually <laughs> on screen for those of, uh, of you viewing in. So apologies on that behalf. Um, but yeah, uh, the app in itself, I have to say it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, there, is a, there is scope for a little bit of improvement in the sense that uh, when I took the document um, portion of the app. I uh, brought it back on screen now. One thing I like about it, uh, where it's better than Seeing AI is it comes back instant. Um, yeah. All the OCR is done on your device, whereas in Seeing AI, you're you're waiting for it to process. And what's happening there is it's actually sending it back to the Microsoft server to be uh, OCR done there and sent back to your phone, so it can be would see an AI it can be down to your internet connection speed how quickly you get a result but with a Google lookout it's banging it straight back it's yeah. instant um yeah. so that's, that's
0: interesting that's actually yeah yeah because if you were having kind of gremlins like we've been having with uh, with the internet um, yeah. with seeing AI that hold it up but I did notice when I was playing around with it a little bit myself it's it's extremely fast on the mm. on the uh, Google lookout and so that you're saying that's that's basically because it's it's just being done on on the device.
1: Yeah, it is the The conversion from from the image to the text is being done in the device so that that really, really, um, ha, you know, would help out somebody who might be living in kind of maybe a rural area with poor Internet connection yeah. or doesn't have, um, doesn't have mobile data or something like that. Um, so yeah, definitely yeah, you have you have the result back straight away. One thing that does, um, uh, fall behind in on that aspect of it when compared to seeing AI is you can't increase the size of the font on screen, so mm-hmm. you would probably have to bring in your um, select to speak. You know, if you're a low vision user, th- like the text could be too small on screen for you to to read back. And um, so, wh- what you probably have to do then is you select to speak to highlight all that text and read it out. Yeah. Uh, in audio mode, so that is a drawback. Um, I would like to see you know what seeing AI has, you have the you know the big A and the small A that you can toggle the size of the text on screen and it, it uh, does word wrapping and all that and and keeps it flowing yeah, nicely yeah. on the screen. Yeah. I I think look that's that's um, that's something that I think Google will probably come around to addressing at some stage. As I said, the, the app is you know coming up in two years old. Um, to constantly developing these things, so hopefully you'll um, get these features added and then again it's down to this was um, us as as the community who really use these apps to give them the feedback. Um, you know, get on their case and be dropping them emails. Yeah. Um, and sorry, just file in there, There's a question after coming. Yeah, in. Um, yeah. <laughs> just just I'll address that. Would you have to have a high spec phone for this app? Uh, the requirements are that your phone has a minimum of 2 gigs of RAM and it's running Android version 6 or later. So that kind of covers a good proportion of the phones that are out there. Um, You know, so there's plenty of phones now, you know, with four gigs, three gigs, four gigs, and even six and higher, Um, Mm. you know, and and that kind of has been the standard kind of spec now for a few years. So unless you have a really old phone that, you probably need to upgrade anyway, um, Yes, yeah. Your, your phone should should handle this and some tablets will handle it as well.
0: Very sort good. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. so over, overall it's, it seems a, a very good uh, alternative to the seeing AI app. If you happen to be an Android user, it seems to have yeah. some of the same kind of difficulties as well. I noticed there with the currency. It, yeah. uh, it also doesn't do coins.
1: Yeah, doesn't do coins just like a seeing AI counterpart. However, seeing AI does do the euros.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: when I when I had 20 euro there and I put the camera onto it, it told me it was 20 US dollars. I'm <laughs> sure that's something that that will be added to and sorted out in time to come. Um, You know, and then I only give one quick sample there at the end of, um, you know, doing your scene explore and I just basically pointed it at my laptop and it read back that it was a laptop and tried to read some of the keys actually as well. Yeah. So, but I've tried, I've tried it out with a few other things and it is fairly detailed as well.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very good actually. I was testing that a a little bit earlier on and uh, it it did get, it got most things right, um, Mm. which was quite surprising. It did, uh, I did notice with one or two things, it gave a very, uh, a, a kind of, political a pol- politicians answer, let's say. <laughs> it, it decided instead of telling me what the furniture was, it just said furniture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, so. it, was, it was never going to be wrong anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was, that was a great feature. Whoever designed that part of it and decided to put that in as your catch all response was a great one. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: very good. So overall, you'd say that, that this is kind of a a pretty good alternative. I take it. It's the same story as with seeing seeing AI is obviously only available on the Apple products. Is this one only available on Android?
1: It is. It it seems to be only available on on Android for uh, at the moment and I like it seeing AI counterpart. It's also free of charge. Um, What else? There was one more thing I was going to, I was going to say about. Yeah, it's I think for users, that um, they have to the select to speak on their Android phones. Okay,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, lately, select to speak has got uh, has got a bit buggy on a feature that it used to be able to do fairly well. Was if you took a photograph of uh, let's say a poster of text or something like that, or and um, you went into your gallery and you ran the select to speak over that photograph, it used to be able to read it out quite good. I mm-hmm. noticed lately that that uh, it's it's like as if they've they've stopped working on it in Google and it makes the phone a bit buggy. Uh, so I think mm. the Google lookout is probably going to take over is probably pauses the thing to take over uh, that feature. So anyone who's a select to speak user who traditionally took a photograph of some text and went into their gallery and ran the select to speak uh, grab over the photograph and they're getting issues now. This is probably the solution for you to go for the Google Lookout app and run that instead.
0: Interesting. Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay. So great, great piece of, of uh, technology there. Great app to be able to use. Thanks very much for uh, talking about that for us today. Daniel, you might as well stay with us if you if you can for the next part as well, because we're we're going to move on now to our uh, tech help section. And yep. uh, Daniel, this one I might actually put put to you while you're with us. Yep. Um, so I will read this out because there's there's a little bit in this, but basically it's to do with the blind shell phone and and um, adding an email address uh, into an email account. Mm-hmm. It says um, many thanks for the feature on the blind shell mobile phone and also for the weekly tips, both on the live event and the newsletters, which are most welcome and extremely valuable. Once well, great to get that feedback to start yep. off with. Um, I wonder if you could assist on how to place mail onto the blind shell as I've inserted my email address and password, but I receive uh, an error message afterwards going into my Google account, searching under data and personalized and finally security. I was unable to find the heading to enable me to allow the blind shell to facilitate emails. What's the, what's the story there that's most likely to be happening? Okay, so yeah, just,
1: um, Changes in Google there over the last couple of years, Google as your provider of Gmail and they basically improved the security um, you know, surrounding Google accounts and Gmail, you know, they've made it very, very secure. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it's from things such as having phone, you know, adding your phone number to it and things like that just to get get it even more secure. Um, so basically they've turned off for legacy apps. Um, Mm -hmm. They've turned off access to, you know, things like you might have used in the past Windows Live Mail or even some uh, Braille uh, note takers there, the client mail programs in them. So it kind of blocks out and uh, Blindshell's client mail app as well. So all these are blocked by default from access and your Gmail. So yeah. what you got to do then is that as the service user there rightly points out that you've got to get into your Google account and you got to go for ses- the security settings in there. Now it's a little bit of a, a route about in here because um, about half or two thirds of the way down that page, you're going to come across um, a little button that you have to turn on. It's called allow uh, allow less secure access basically um, mm. and you have to it's recommended that you leave that off. But in Mm. order for your male clients to access your Gmail, you must turn that on. So basically, you're instructing your Google, your Google Gmail account to allow in these older apps that you're okay with that. yeah. you know so it it just it drops back to security maybe back to pre 2017 levels when this yeah. when this extra security layer was put on the on the google accounts so that's um, that's where you are you're very close there so it's
0: yeah. just, uh,
1: it's turn on less secure access yeah that will
0: so i can it. imagine i can imagine maybe a follow up question that uh, some might have then is if you're if you're allowing less secure access how how much of a risk is that in in kind of everyday life? Is that actually making your phone vulnerable?
1: Um, now it's more to do with making your Google account uh, a little bit vulnerable. Now, a little bit vulnerable in the sense that if somebody else has, um, you know, has your email address and password, um, it's it's much easier for them to access it on other on other devices and platforms yes well, if, if you have a very secure password um you should you should be okay i would i would feel you know and if you haven't given that uh, you haven't given that out to anyone it should be it should be okay you know
0: brilliant yeah very good well that's a, a great work around there and hopefully that answered the that question that came in uh for us very nicely as well so thanks very much for that daniel we have one more question um which we might uh ask sean to join us for as well um this one is i recently purchased a new laptop and find that i need to press the fn key or the function key in combination with other keys for actions such as closing a window so for example function and alt and f4 how can i use the function keys without having to press the fn key in windows
3: Hi should ask uh, so there's a few solutions to this problem um it's a common problem which Laptops that the function key is given a dual um, function. Like normally you'd have to hold down function and F5 to like uh, turn up the brightness, for example. Yeah. And for like non screen reader users who wouldn't use the F keys that often, they just have the function key sort of always on in the background for those keys. So you just press F5 and it'll turn up the brightness. It doesn't act as F5. And you have to hold the function key down and then uh, use those F keys for it to get the, the original function. So on a lot of laptops, what you can do is you can press um, function and escape to uh, lock the function back to its original um, configuration. Yeah. And um, if that doesn't work, if your laptop doesn't have that set up, sometimes there is in software solution that But the best thing to do is, and unfortunately, a screen reader can't access this, is when you're restarting the computer, you can go into BIOS mode. And okay. um, it doesn't, it's not connected to the Internet. It's not even in Windows. It's before it's in Windows and it's where your yeah. clock settings are and in there you can actually turn your function keys back to normal. Got gotcha. you, OK. So, so often it's something like for, for that for that extreme uh, fix, you do have to have someone site giving you a hand on that. Yeah, and yeah. It can't even be done over the phone because um, like team viewer can't access a laptop that's not connected to the Internet. Yeah, so yeah. it is something that, you know, maybe control and escape when you're using it, will lock the function key down. So every time you turn on the computer, you'd have to do that. Yes, yeah, either okay. control, Either control or escape or function and escape, depending on the laptop. And if that doesn't work at all, then you have to go into the uh, BIOS and change it from there.
0: So definitely worth trying that function and escape or control and escape first, because it's the kind of easy, straightforward route. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, and the BIOS thing we can understand is maybe a, a bit more of a problem. It hasn't, if the computer hasn't had a chance to actually load up a screen reader, then you're not going to be able to access.
3: And like if, if a if a, par- if a person is there with their family, uh, a sign mm. assistance, they can always ring labs and we can talk to family member through how to get into the very BIOS.
0: Good. Yeah, very good. And just a, a quick question there that that's come in: Does changing the BIOS invalidate any warranty?
3: No, it doesn't. No, like uh, the BIOS is like mainly, like you can go in and change the time and date and some functions like you can turn on which drive, uh, if you have multiple drives in your computer, which is the main drive. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't change too many settings in the BIOS just so a computer works fine, but it doesn't invalidate a warranty. You're just actually changing a setting like like your preference for that for that laptop.
0: Brilliant, very good. Well, thank you very much for for that answer, Sean and uh, Daniel as well for helping us out with the tech help section this week. Of course, if anybody has any other questions to ask us, please do get in touch on labs at NCBI.ie and uh, if the live event is going on, you can still use the question panel on the right hand side of Microsoft Teams. Very good. Now, next up on today's show, we have our Meet the Team section. And as we said earlier, this week, we're talking to NCBI's Head of Advocacy and Communications, June Tinsley. You're very welcome, June.
4: Thanks, Jude. Nice to be here. I hope everybody's keeping well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everybody's kind of just getting through it at the moment, aren't they? Still uh, just a little bit le- left to kind of endure of the major restrictions hopefully, but uh, we're getting by. How long um, have you actually been with NCBI, June?
4: Uh, I joined NCBI in April 2019, so I'm about two years in the organisation now. Um, I joined as Head of Communications and um, I was (coughs) then asked to take on the the advocacy side of things um, when Kevin left last year.
0: Okay, so are you based, you're based up in um, head office then in Dublin, is that it? Yes, yes. Um, Um, Now I
4: obviously haven't been there for a while yet, but uh, usually in a pre-COVID world, that's where I am based.
0: Yeah, that's it. The the pre-COVID world is going to become our new dating system, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, how we actually measure our calendar, yeah. Um, So give us a a little bit of an idea then, June, maybe of, of kind of life before NCBI then, what that entailed for you.
4: Um, Sure, I suppose uh, prior to joining NCBI, I was head of advocacy with Bernardo's, the children's charity, Um, and before that I was working with the uh, Irish National Organisation of the Unemployed. So I've kind of always been in the the charity space um, and kind of always in the space of trying to um, champion um, children's rights or issues around unemployment or in in this instance, uh, issues affecting people with sight loss
0: interesting okay so that's that's the kind of common thread throughout each of the, the different things do you find that working in that role in NCBI so for example I know you were saying you were in advocacy before but in terms of the communications element of that is that quite a different thing working with NCBI um, because of the maybe accessibility concerns and things like that as you engage in the communication side of your role
4: Um. Yes, I suppose certainly the accessibility side of things is is far more unique to um, people with sight loss than it would be in, in the other areas of my uh, career. Um, and also, interestingly, everybody has been a child, so they can kind of relate yeah. to the issues that are affecting children to some degree. I mean, obviously from wearing my hat with Bernardo's, um, I was championing children's rights regardless. Uh, for children who were homeless or experiencing abuse or domestic violence or problems in the mm. education system, or whatever the situation was, but um, everybody could relate somehow because they had been a child. Whereas in this um, situation, people uh, being blind or vision impaired, it's such a, a low instance disability that there is mm. a greater level of public understanding needed to um, help people kind of literally walk in their shoes more. Um, and I think that's an important element to to the work that I want to bring is um, empowering people who are blind and vision impaired to to speak up more about their experiences so more people can literally um, have a greater understanding and with greater understanding comes um, a greater chance to affect change when people finally go, oh I never thought of it like that before, oh really yeah Um, and I I suppose that is a a unique feature to being um, Advocacy
0: uh, yeah. when you're dealing with site loss issues. Yeah, yeah, that that's actually a really interesting perspective as well to see that that contrast there. So, how how do you kind of go about addressing that? Usually, you were saying there about kind of bringing uh, people on board to maybe give their experience. Is that the is that often the most powerful way of helping somebody to to grasp what this actually involves?
4: Um very much so. I suppose it's it's trying to. Um, essentially educate and normalize uh, the, mm. the issues people face when they are blind or vision impaired. Um, and in the in the last couple of, um, since lockdown, one of the elements that I've been doing is kind of different podcasts. And the feedback yeah. I've been getting has been really positive because it's chatting to people about different aspects of their lives, different passions that they have um, and how they've had to either ad- adapt their life because now they are living with a vision impairment or They've had a vision impairment all their life and they don't know any different and and have just uh, embraced their normal Um, and I suppose it's it's literally trying to to educate members of the public, politicians, policymakers, all that that kind of thing um, on what are are the issues and what can be done to to solve it. Um, Mm. I think COVID has certainly presented an opportunity to increase awareness because um, COVID has brought such unique challenges to people with sight loss because um, their tactile world has been compromised and touching surfaces now brings added risks. And I suppose as we are all trying to um, adapt with social distancing and all that, I think it's been important for me from a communications point of view just to to highlight the fact that if you're blind or vision impaired, um, people are unable to see signage on the floor they're unable to see the new traffic light system in shops or where the queue starts and things like that and it's asking the public to be mindful of that that um not everybody has the ability to to see like other people um and just to to have a little more compassion and empathy and understanding and i suppose they to me are kind of core ingredients to affecting long-term change I'd
0: imagine that was quite a, a challenge, particularly towards the start of the pandemic, when everybody was kind of panicking, panicking as to how they would uh, employ different safety um, mechanisms, if you like, and, and different messaging and signage and all that sort of stuff, as they were kind of trying to, in general, society was trying to adapt to this and work out how we can actually live with this. I'd imagine that that was something that was maybe overlooked quite a bit initially, that maybe there was quite a bit of extra work help helping um, people to understand that side of, of things, the sight loss side of things.
4: Um, you, you're dead right. I mean, listen, 18 months ago, none of us knew what social distancing meant. So yeah. the reality was um, people and, and companies and government and everything are, are in total uncharted territory, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, NCBI, from an advocacy point of view, we're working with um, the HSE to make the app. Um, accessible with the help of NCBI labs, of course. Um, we were also kind of making sure some of the, the public messaging was going to be um, relatable to people with sight loss. Um, we worked with some of the retailers to make sure their staff were going to be trained, um, so if they were at the door mm-hmm. and an individual was trying to uh, enter and the traffic light was red and the individual wouldn't be able to see that or whatever, um, to try and train the, the shop staff to make sure that they were just a little more mindful um, of oh, yeah. the issues um, and how um, social distancing is, is virtually impossible when you're blind or vision impaired.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it is one of those things, it's like there there's uh, OK, people weren't able to sit down and plan months in, in advance of, as to how they were going to react to it. But on the other hand, it's vitally important that, that people do understand. And it's a matter of course, almost to take into account those who, who maybe need need a, a different way of communicating the same information as well. So yeah, really, really kind of interesting to hear your work in that. It sounds like a very wide and varied role, June. It sounds like there's a lot in it.
4: Oh very much so. I suppose from the, the comms point of view, um I suppose my job really is to promote all aspects of NCBI, be it NCBI technology or our breadth of services across the country or our retail fundraising, um, activities, everything. I I suppose we have multiple ways to try and do that promotion, but we want to make sure we we increase the brand of NCBI. Um, And I suppose if that's the core function of the the comms side, the core function on the advocacy side is to influence national policy and local service development to be um, more inclusive and accessible to people who are blind or vision impaired and by access i mean that in the, in the broader sense be it employment built environment education health you name it yeah. i mean obviously people who are blind or vision impaired have access to everything just like everybody yes, else yeah, yeah. so yeah. i suppose our remit is to try and um uh, broaden the perception that ncbi is only there as a healthcare agency it's it's so much broader than that
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, like you like you said, there's there's quite a lot involved in that. One of the things, just as you mentioned, advocacy, it's kind of uh, maybe one of the things that that we've mentioned a few times on the live events w- in relation to um, maybe technology specifically, but it would have a a broader kind of uh, an impact as well. We, we've often mentioned the idea that you know if you if you're using a piece of technology for example and you either experience something that works really well or you experience something that doesn't work as well as you expect it to the feedback is something that drives the change the feedback is is actually vitally important uh, what what would you say about that is that something that actually works when people get in, involved like that it, it, is their voice heard does it does it bring about change
4: um it, it does and i suppose i would Uh, highlight also that change can take a very long time, um, but incrementally it can build up to a tipping point where change happens on on a bigger scale. Um, But just to give a couple of examples, individuals have come to us kind of saying how um, the ATMs are not accessible, as an example, Mm. Um, and certainly I know Kevin and some of the, the advocacy team would have liaised with some of the banks to try and get them to um activate the audio features on ATMs and um some some banks have made that transition some haven't um yeah. but i suppose it's just a, a case of an an, an example rather of, of how change can come about yeah um i think it's also um an, another case and a gentleman was concerned about um the accessibility features on on sky um and and yeah. his platform that he uses to watch TV um, and we raised this this issue with Sky and um, it did lead to a change in that space and I suppose in the recent past there have been significant strides to make mm. audio description more available on um, different platforms be it Netflix or Sky or whatever um, and I suppose those incremental um, feedback that those companies get um, does lead to greater choice of Television production then be made for, for audio description. Um, yeah. And I, the other thing I'd be interested in is um, to highlight through the advocacy work, we have literally a, a number of local advocacy network groups scattered across the country. And these groups are made up of um, individuals who, who use NCBI services. Some of them are probably listening to me today. Um, yeah. And I was, was put out an invitation to others. to to join these local advocacy groups. Um, Admittedly, they're meeting online at the minute due to COVID, but the hope is to return them back to a kind of a a face-to-face platform. Um, And the purpose of those local advocacy networks is to essentially um, mobilize that local collective voice, let them identify a a core issue that's happening in their locality, um, and support them to try and make that change. If, for example, it's an issue around um, an access, access across a busy road um, yeah. and the, the lack of audible lights or something like that, um, that we would work with that group to try and identify who the, the decision makers are in that space and then mm. assist them to try and um, put together a bit of a campaign to make the, the local authority a change in that area. Um, we're also kind of encouraging local advocates to kind of come together and support some of the um, NCBI's national advocacy campaigns in the areas of employment or in the yeah. areas of um, greater to trying to tackle waiting lists, those kind of bigger picture issues, but nonetheless are relevant to people who are uh, blind and vision impaired. So, yeah. certainly, if anybody is interested in joining our local advocacy networks feel free to to do so by emailing campaigns at ncbi.ie.
0: Very good, brilliant. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a, a few kind of different projects and things like that that you're, you're already working on at the moment. I suppose the the idea is always that there's an eye on, on the future. There's a quite a big eye on the future as to where we can get to as opposed to just where we are at the moment. So a lot of these projects will be kind of designed to help us get there as well, I guess.
4: Yes, and I suppose we are our, uh, our end goal is, of course, to effect change at a, a national level, um, and that means influencing all the different government departments, all the politicians that go with it. Um, now, politicians, as you know, come and go, but we still need to leverage what their primary policies are at the minute to make them as best as possible so that um, the yeah. next round of politicians that come in will continue with that policy and system and make it better and make it better. Um, And I suppose that's why we do want to try and future-proof things, um, even though the political system is very, um, I suppose, short-term in lens because governments change. Mm -hmm. But we do want to kind of um, put forward solutions that are um, doable and relatable and will ensure that it'll um, result in a better service or a better outcome for people who are blind and vision impaired.
0: Brilliant. Very good. Well, on, on that note, I think that's a good point to conclude the interview on because I think that, that really does kind of round up what, what the service is all about. We really appreciate you joining us today, June. I appreciate you're very busy at the moment. So thanks for joining us on the show
4: today. No problems. And thanks very much. And as I said, genuinely if anybody is interested in joining the local advocacy networks, um, they're presently based in uh, Cork, Limerick, Wexford, Dublin, Louth, Meath, um, and it, more. More information can be got uh, by emailing us at campaigns, dot, uh, campaigns at ncbi.ie.
0: Brilliant, very good. And of course, for anybody wanting to listen back to that interview as well, this interview will be on YouTube, so you'll be able to get this uh, information again. Thank you very much, June. Appreciate that.
4: No problems. Chat to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. Bye. So that was uh, June Tinsley, NCBI's Head of Advocacy and Communications and some interesting things going on there that June was able to, to tell us about. So we're nearly finished the show this week. We've just uh, got a little bit of time to go through our quick tips for the week. Uh, Sean, we spoke about the updates to TalkBack recently on on uh, one of our live events. Can you tell us
3: just a little bit more about uh, one of the features of, of uh, TalkBack? I just wanted to go through the kind of well, what iOS called a rotor, um, TalkBack now has a similar way of accessing that information. While in the past with TalkBack, you had to swipe up or down to change the selection type, so it was it would always be on default. You'd swipe up until you got the headings, and then when you swipe left or right that would go through the headings. In the past, then you'd have to swipe back up until you found default to navigate. Normally, again, so it was a bit more cumbersome than using voiceover. Yeah, so recently, Android have added something similar to the rotor, which means that you know, swiping up or down will give you those commands. So, currently, now on the new version of TalkBack, if you are on a web page, for example, and you're swiping from left to right as normal, and that you know, that's akin to tabbing and shift tabbing. Um, if you swipe up and down quickly, it will actually go through a list, which is the same as turning a rotor. So if I swipe up and down quickly, it will go from, you know, like uh, links uh, to voice rate to um, to headings. And when it's on headings, I can just swipe up or down then, and I will move through the headings throughout that web page. And left or right will still work as tabbing and shift tabbing as normal. So it just makes it a bit more natural when you're navigating and it's very similar to how people already use iOS.
0: Yeah, very good. Uh, So just repeat that command again, just for us. How do you get into that?
3: So when you're on, uh, when you're anywhere on the phone, if you swipe up and down, like very quickly, it will actually change the selection and you can do it the opposite way. You can do down and up very quickly to move through the list the other direction. Okay, so that'll get you into it. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually easier I think, than using the rotor because the rotor, you need two fingers on the screen turning in opposite directions. And that's a bit confusing when you first start using um, an iPhone. Uh, while this is a much more straightforward version of changing that selection, just up and down very quickly.
0: Yeah, very good. So that kind of brings us back to almost parity, I suppose, with our quick tips, because we talked about the rotor before in uh, in one of our previous live events. So this is the equivalent, basically.
3: Yeah, and just and since Android have changed how it works on their phone, we probably just reiterate that there for anyone who is using Android. And like Daniel was saying there, about, um the improvements been made with um, with Google and then their OCR device, and then the improvements been made in Android. I think probably everyone will be getting one for Christmas. I think.
0: <laughs> so it's 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 yeah. it's actually great to be kind of hearing about some of these um, developments, which are bringing the. The two systems a little bit more closer in line as well sometimes because that can was, actually help if you're changing between one system and another.
3: And it was just when the question came in earlier on, it actually about to Daniel's question about like what type of phone do you need? Uh, is it a higher spec phone? And Daniel was saying like you need two gigabytes of RAM for it to work. And like most phones do have two gigabytes of RAM, but as Daniel was saying, that the cheaper phones wouldn't. Like if you're if you're if you're going to task and you're spending 60 euro on your android phone yeah it's going to be quite low spec. and this is probably some of the reason why android do have you know sort of a slightly you know worse name than ios in terms of people are out there buying maybe like a 70 euro phone that's you know much further yeah. down, the, down the line than something than your device and you, you sort of get what you pay for in those situations it's much like when we had our laptop discussions so like if, if you were to spend even at two-thirds of the price you'd spend on on your iphone on an android phone you get great spec and i think maybe even in the future uh, jude if, if if people are interested we could maybe do a similar video to the laptops and discuss like your yeah. phone specs and what to look for when you're buying a phone
0: yeah absolutely great idea yeah very good because that is uh, like you say that is one of the it's kind of like a pro and a con at the same time isn't it the, the range of values that you'll get out there Yep. does mean that everybody will get something, but it's also, yeah, you you get what you pay for.
1: And yeah, I sense another round of I sense
3: another round of the Android VIOS debate <laughs> coming around. <laughs> I, da- I definitely think we're bouncing off the ropes here, Daniel. We are going to. Um, yeah,
1: well, it has it has been a year, uh, Sean. I think um, uh, uh, Android eleven <laughs> could uh, could save got- us.
3: I I I I am a complete Android user Uh, and definitely in the past I thought voiceover was easier to user, easier to use, but the changes they're making in Android and the new features they're adding, it's kind of really catching up, so it's making it more appealing for for me to, um, you know, uh, to to sort of when I'm using that there, it's, it's easier for me testing websites and that they're using Android than it was last year.
0: Yeah. Well that's kind of set up probably a couple of interesting parts for us. We'll we'll have to revisit that debate as, as well at some point. The iOS versus uh, Android debate, but also that idea of uh, how to go about buying a, a new phone as well. Um I, I think that'll be a, a really good piece as well. So thanks
3: very much for taking us through a, that I think show. a question just
0: came in there dude. Very good. Okay, so let's uh let's have a quick look at this. Uh so I think it was a comment was it just that that would be something that Oh, that's'd yeah. be very interested in yeah, very good. So yeah good bit of <laughs> bit of feedback straight away to uh, support that. So we'll have to do something like that on one of our future live events. Very good. Thank you very much for taking us through that Sean. That's a uh, very no useful tip. And uh, that brings us pretty much to the end of our show. Um, other than just a couple of reminders uh, just uh, of course if you if you want to get a hand with any of the things that we've spoken about on the show, or, uh, or on any of the other shows that we've covered, of course, you can contact us, uh, you can contact the labs team from nine to five, Monday to Friday on 1850 92 30 60, or you can email labs at ncbi.ie, or you can contact the wider NCBI service if you call 1850 33 43 53, or email info at ncbi.ie. If you'd like to make a donation to support our services, you can also visit donate.ncbi.ie and maybe you'd even like to sponsor one of our our events. Uh, Well, you can do that as well by contacting us here at labs and uh, that can help to keep our live events going. Now, what's coming up? Well, just to, to mention before we uh, conclude today that in a couple of weeks time, we have the, the bank holiday, obviously at the start of April. So on April 6th, we won't be joining you for a live event. So just, uh, if you want to take note of that, we won't be with you on April 6th, but we do have a show in the meantime on March 30th. So we're back next week uh, at the usual time, March, March 30th at 2.30 PM. And, uh, coming up on some of our live events, uh, that we'll be talking about in, in the next few live events, We're gonna be talking about accessible app development, and what goes into that, what sort of considerations are in there and how how the process goes. That can be quite interesting just to get a little bit of the background information of how that happens and how maybe you can even uh, get more involved in affecting change in the development process as well. So that's quite an interesting one. We will be bringing you the Sky Accessibility Features as well. That'll be coming up in one of our uh, future live events. And also Microsoft Accessibility particularly. Uh, Next week, we're hoping to talk to a representative from Microsoft. And uh, if not next week, then we'll bring that in a a very, in one of the uh, imminent live events as well. So a good few subjects that we've got lined up to talk to you about in the coming live events. And of course, if you want to stay up to date with what's happening in those live events, as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter on our website, uh, or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to sign up to the the newsletter as well. So all that's left for me to do is to thank our guest today, June Tinsley, and of course, thanks to everyone listening in as well. And from the team here at NCBI Labs, goodbye for now, and we look forward to having you all back with us next week for another NCBI Labs live event.